Hello and welcome to the Love Project podcast. My name is Julia Calotta and I wrote a book called The Love Project, which is the story of how I project managed love into my life. And even though I wrote about it at length in my book, I still don't feel like I'm finished with the subject. In this podcast, I want to continue to explore the relationship between project management tools and love or passion to serve as inspiration for you to go out into the world and take control of your heart's desire. to a new season of the Love Project podcast. Today, I'm delighted to introduce you to Paulina Tenner, an entrepreneur, angel investor, TEDx speaker and founder of Grand Tree, a company which she started with the purpose to help tech startups navigate the complex world of government funding. Grand Tree is also an open culture company which pioneered the self-set salary scheme and an empowering culture governed by Holacracy, author of Laid Bear, What the Business Leader Learned from the Stripper, a fantastic book describing leadership lessons she learned as a burlesque dancer. Paulina, welcome to the Love Project podcast. Oh my God, I love what you do, Ilya, and it's such a pleasure to be here. I'm also a big fan of your work and can't wait for your own book to be out so I can read it. Oh, thank you, Paulina. That means a lot to me. You know, you and I have a lot in common. Uh, we love to make business with pleasure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Our project, I use project management methods in dating, and you are bringing the lessons learned in your life as a burlesque performer in your business, in your book, Laid Bear. How about you tell us a bit about your book? How did it come about? A bit about your publishing journey. Uh, tell us how you got to where you are with, um, with being also an author not only an absolutely successful absolutely <laughs> so for, thank you so much so yeah for quite a few years to be honest with you I you know I've been a public speaker I've kind of done quite a few creative things I've always had a very um interesting and rich kind of creative life mm-hmm. uh, until I um started you know getting seriously involved in business so I started my second company grant tree with my then boyfriend now husband so that's another subject that's kind of quite interesting what it's like to actually run a business with your life partner and kind of all the uh, beautiful things about it and all the challenging things about it but when I got seriously involved in my second company I really stepped into this mindset of like you know wouldn't say cutthroat but very ambitious goal-oriented uh, businesswoman and that was pretty cool because, you know, I discovered my, rediscovered my power. Um, but something very important, significant was missing. And um, I just felt that that side of me that I used to love the most, you know, the wildness, the creativity, the playfulness, the place in you I love to, you know, play on the edge of what's socially acceptable. All that was somehow gone from my life and um i remember that day when i was going to to a business meeting in london in leicester square and i just felt to myself god like i'm not sure if i like that person that i'm becoming that all that much you know i used to do theater i i'm a singer i used to dance this it's all all these things that like enrich me 
and they're just not there now. I'm becoming this like, you know, super ambitious and focused businesswoman. And that's all, you know, nice and good. But there's a significant part of me that gave me loads and loads of fulfillment missing. And while I was having all these thoughts, I uh, stumbled upon this, this venue, which is close to Leicester Square. I think it's still there called Cafe de Paris, which is like a cabaret venue. And it was daytime, so, you know, completely serendipitously, I just kind of wandered in and I saw a burlesque show rehearsal. And I was just, you know, my jaw was on the floor. And not because I was shocked and there were some people, you know, scantily clad with sequins and peacock feathers and uh, glitter and all of this stuff. But, you know, when I, what I saw on that stage was that total freedom of expression that absolute joy of being in the moment and uh, expressing yourself and um, playing with convention. And I was like, wow, like I, I so miss this. And even in another life, this could be me, you know, I could be on that stage. I could be a stripper, obviously not in this life because in this life I'm this serious business person. And then I thought to myself like, hell, like, you know, I do have one life and if I don't, find a way to bring this back it will it will die off it will go away completely and i make it made the decision you know an executive decision so also bringing the power of my uh, businesswoman self into other areas of my life that i am going to find out so project manager almost like you did with love oh, i love that how one yeah how one becomes a burlesque showgirl so I kind of, you know, approached it systematically. So I uh, reached yeah. out to a few people in my network and I was like, oh, you know, I'm kind of getting interested in burlesque. How do you do that? Like, do you know, like, you know, what you need to do to actually end up on one of, the, one of those stages. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends replied with a link to a burlesque school, which is called The Cheek of It. Mm -hmm. And uh, by now I've done loads of courses with them and I'm really good friends with the founders of so Fabulous Women. Exist, right? The Cheek of It. Yeah, The Cheek of It. Yeah, The Cheek so of It, The Less. Gotta give our listeners the link in case they want to... Uh, Absolutely. Jump. And they do classes, <laughs> they, do, they do like group courses, they do spotlight courses, which is what I took, which is a course which gives you an opportunity to actually um, develop an act during a three-month process in a group of ladies and then you get to showcase that act on a real stage so that ended up i signed up for my first course um i've recently completed i think my fifth or sixth with them and it just felt transformative i was like this is what i live for this degree of like freedom creativity playing with convention showing myself but not quite you know teasing the audience and the group of sisterhood that the sisterhood that was created in the process with other ladies that were on the same course incredible just the power of women femininity you know being aware of your sexual power being like owning it it just felt you know cathartic to be at that point in my life and it was the beginning of one of the most beautiful adventures uh, I've been on and um, I did that for a while and for a while I took great pleasure in having those kind of two aspects to me and I felt quite naughty that during the day I was in financial services because my company grant tree is all about getting grants and financial support for startups 
and at night I was this shady burlesque performer <laughs> and you know and that was amazing and it kind of felt great for a while uh, but after a while I was like mm, there's something off here like I don't want to be kind of worried anymore that one of my daytime clients might see me on the cabaret stage like at night I there's something that feels kind of incongruent and I, I ask about mm -hmm. that whether there was the fear, yeah, yeah actually of, of the two worlds colliding yes so like what I the conclusion that I arrived at is that I want to bring this all into my into the light of the day so basically come out as right. like this is what I do I'm a businesswoman yes I'm a powerful lady but I also you know this is what I do um at night and it's fabulous and actually I discovered that you know my true power and that's what I preach I believe in that our true power um as humans comes at you know shows up at the intersection of where different parts of our lives and personalities meet and interact and that's I was like that's unique yeah 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 and I had this like big like coming out ceremony of sorts which is you know you uh you know you know vida you probably remember vida so sure. she put on this tedx um women um event in london and that was back in 2014 i think so it was quite a while ago and i decided to do my first talk just on that subject you know what the business part of me learned from the wild uh, socially unacceptable performer and I kind of showed up as a businesswoman, quite serious. And on the backdrop, I showed photos of, you know, where I, of, of my performing shenanigans and being kind of scantily clad and outrageous. And, and that was really beautifully received. And people, I kind of really, yeah, I, I felt the power of this story and of this message. And I kind of sat with it for a few years, you know, I was kind of openly talking about it, that I was a best dancer. And at some point it really felt right. Um, even though I thought I would never write a book, it wasn't kind of something that was on my list always. I just thought, eh, it's not particularly something that pulls me. At some point it felt totally right mm. to write a book because we were doing quite a lot of innovative things in our company that, I felt the world should hear about. So for example, at Grand Tree, we used to have self-set pay where people uh, set their own salaries backed up obviously by market research and following a certain pretty particular process. We had completely transparent financials where people knew exactly what the company was making and spending, uh, who was getting paid what, etc. cetera. Mm. And we had like self-managing teams. So decentralized power and holacracy. Um, so that's a whole, you know, different subject, but I felt like, okay, that there is, there is like a lot of really edgy, interesting stuff when it comes to business culture here. Absolutely. And I, I learned so yeah. much from your book from someone who's you. been in the, you know, business world for quite a few years. Not that I've managed my own company to this level, but the things I've learned from your book are just, they blew my mind. <laughs> so I highly Bless recommend. You you know um whether you're you're in, more interested in the burlesque uh, part or in the business part i think you not you would not be disappointed in reading it oh thank you so much my dear and for those of you who are listening and would like to check it out it's simply paulinatenner.com so my first name last name dot yes. com slash book and that's how you can kind of we'll also put the link into mm -hmm. the show notes so i will make sure that everybody gets a link to your book absolutely um and yeah the things 
um, such the, the one that really attracted my attention was the nude element of um, <laughs> business, um, which obviously nudity is something you would associate with burlesque without too much thinking. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't necessarily associate it with business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind but of nudity brought... again in business. Yeah, yeah. So I brought in this metaphor because you know, again, this is something I could talk about for a long time, but there are different frameworks that mm -hmm. um, kind of talk about how our, you know, collective consciousness evolved over centuries mm -hmm. and how um, the way we organize ourselves, so the way we build organizations has kind of evolved and transformed kind of together with the transformation of consciousness. So just to make it really simple. Um, for example, um, we used to have organizations like war, like um, war tribes or churches or something, very command and control driven. There was one leader in charge and they mm -hmm. were usually leading by fear and like street you know, gangs and yeah, that kind of stuff. Aren't we, these type of organizations? Yeah, they're still there and there is a use for them, I think, uh, in the right circumstances. But that is a relatively, you know, according to this framework introduced by this guy that um, is superbly inspiring called Frederick Laloux, that is quite a low consciousness kind of approach to doing business. And then there is like a whole set of so-called like orange, uh, that's the framework he uses using colors, orange organizations, which are, you know, most of the corporates out there these days so mm -hmm. where it's all kind of functions like a machine it's very hierarchical uh, it's all about shareholder value maximizing shareholder value and it's kind of very systematic it's all about performance um it's quite stiff but it works it delivers mm, target. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you'll be, you know, as a project manager, I'm sure you'll be very familiar with this oh, world. Yes. And, and so am I actually, so am I, because I used to kind of not be directly in, uh, employed, but do some consulting work for big companies uh, before I started my own. And um, then there is like green organizations, which are more about collaborative um, effort and kind of bringing everybody kind of into the decision process. And then there's like teal organizations, which are kind of, more or less on the bleeding edge of you know um where we got to in car in our kind of collective conscious um, evolution as well which function like an organism or like an ant colony or like a city for example so there is no one that's actually in charge i mean you may have a mayor of a city or whatever but uh, there is no no hierarchy as such um like different parts of your body might will communicate with one another so there's no kind of command and control. There is no kind of information that flows from top to bottom, but those parts, so power is decentralized in some way, but those parts kind of function together incredibly well in very, very complex ways. So that's kind of where his framework, Lalu, uh, the framework by Lalu uh, finishes at teal organizations. And I kind of brought in <laughs> tentatively another possible layer to it, which is nude. And what I understand by it is that it's yes, all those principles apply in terms of company working like like a human organism or like an ant colony, but there is an additional layer of being completely transparent about everything that you do, because um, the way I see it, information is a tool of power that can lead to all sorts of political battles because some people have access to information, some people don't, etc. If and if you introduce this kind of nudity idea where you just transparent about everything, 
And some companies I know of, I've read about, have taken it to extreme, for example, by recording all of the private meetings uh, that happen in the company. And if your name is mentioned in a meeting, there, you get tagged somehow. So you are able, um, as an employee in an organization, to actually you know, go to that recording and see in what context that name was mentioned. Like, incredible stuff. Mm. So, um, so that is kind of the the idea that i introduced in the book very very fascinating especially is as you said the familiarity we have most of us is the type of orange companies and to know that there are other types of companies out there and we should aspire to those um, i think it's very inspiring especially for people that um like yourself are running, running or running their own businesses but um even just to kind of make make people aware that there are other types of management out there um, they could be mm -hmm. working for. <laughs> um, but going back to the burlesque, let's not forget uh, that part. Um, yeah. There were a lot of parallels in your book, which I really, really enjoyed. A lot of anecdotes. Um, there are a few, I'm just cherry picking here because I mean honestly every single page is so full of insight and stories and by the way you are an absolutely fantastic writer I'm absolutely jealous like you're so good at everything you put your mind to it's just not there <laughs> oh bless you you know I'm still learning but like one thing I do do and that I've actually learned from the startup world is the principle of fuck it ship it so this book is not the <laughs> yeah fuck it fuck it ship it as in just like don't aim for fucking perfection just deliver it get it out there and let it take a life of its own so this book i won't lie about it it's not the best book i could have ever produced and there will be more books but it's good enough it's like it's got enough in it um to be worthy of people's attention and to inspire and hopefully empower some people so you know one thing i do do is just get stuff out there um and you know i in the process of doing so i learn i learn huge amounts and and that will carry on to the end of my life i just know it absolutely i mean i should definitely have followed your advice years ago and um, i think the reason was i was delayed in my tracks was my my mm -hmm. own aspiration for perfection um and it doesn't matter how much time we spend on something it's never going to be perfect so you know what as you said mm -hmm. quote fuck it and ship it <laughs> yeah 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 exactly so, um, exactly just uh, yeah a few of your um anecdotes um you know the comparisons between company culture and for example oh. strippers ours <laughs> or mm, mm, mm. Uh, this that that I really liked. Um, obviously, we'll let our listeners to um, with a bit of a tease and um, encourage them to buy the book and learn all about the comparison. Of course, very very burlesque. Tease them and leave them wanting more. That's very burlesque. <laughs> exactly. See, I'm learning quickly. <laughs> uh, absolutely, my dear. But also, there was something I really liked. You know, I like the fact that you 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 infuse a bit of darkness into the whole thing, and you talking about yeah. your experience with BDSM, and there was some shibari mm -hmm. experience. Uh, could you talk a little about about that, a little bit about that, um, and and how it, why the need for it in 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 um, in your business? 
Yeah, so like that's a fascinating subject. So I'm really interested in uh, the darker side of, you know, our human expression and um, our sexuality as well, which is part of our human expression. Mm. Because I honestly believe that it's there, it's everywhere. It's just that we don't often choose to consciously look at it and acknowledge it. And I definitely see darkness in me, you know, I've encountered it. I know that I'm capable of doing really bad stuff unless I, you know, potentially, unless I am really kind of conscious and careful, I am capable of abusing my power. And so are all of you really, no matter, you know, where your power extends. Your power in your company or should we be scared of you when you walk down the street? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I can talk about my personal darkness here. I'm not the kind of person that would attack someone, but I can see that the more power I get access to, um, the more powerful I feel, the greater the potential that I might in some way abuse that power by, for example, not being um, 100% aligned with my values or not being 100% ethical. Mm. Um, so, you know, that is that because the more power you, you have, the more possibilities that you won't be completely conscious and you'll just do something consciously that will harm people you know Mm. more power you have the more responsibility you have towards your employees towards Mm. the social impact that you have have you and it's kind of power by naomi alderman uh, is it no logo which one power i haven't but please send me a link i would love to listen to it on my i've got quite a few audible credits so that that sounds like a Perfect thing to use it on. About um, women gaining physical power and how some of them abuse it. Um, It's really, really fascinating because it flips this whole idea of patriarchy on its head and us in the shoes of men, as in us women having more physical power than men. And would we abuse it if we were in those shoes? So it's an interesting, I think it's kind of aligned with what you were just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think there's significant darkness, you know, collective darkness as well. So I don't believe in it's Americans who chose Trump or it's Germans that killed Jews. Like, I don't believe in that. I think it's Mm -hmm. our collective shadow. So I think in somewhere there is lurking in me a predator that's capable of, in the right circumstances, doing all these things. That's what I believe in. And I think that the business is a fabulous, you know, reflection of your darkness as a founder at mm. scale. So what I started to see in my business at some point was all the kind of weaknesses, all the stuff that I wasn't able to necessarily deal with in myself kind of reflected back at me in my company, in the way it operated, behaved, etc. So that was, that's a whole different fascinating subject. So I did a talk uh, about it, mm. um, entrepreneurship and BDSM, which is actually on, yeah, on my website as well. We I'd love to do it again at some point. Sorry, yes, if we can yeah. put that link in the show notes for our... For our um, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And it just felt like, wow, you know, um, and Kink is, you know, as someone that I knew really well put it, it's like owned darkness. So you acknowledge that you have darkness within you and you just want to play with it or look at it in a kind of conscious and safe setting it's where you get to set the boundaries. So acknowledging the fact that we all have darkness within us and you know kink is like one of those kind of potential outlets where you can look yeah. at your darkness or you can go to therapy or you can just do a lot of reflection uh, and meditate on it by yourself 
but if you're a conscious entrepreneur inevitably i think you will find that what is kind of weak or dark or somehow unfinished in your own mm. development will be reflected back at you in the way your company runs you know in a way in a way it comes falls short in a way it kind of is not as successful or operating as nicely as you'd like it to so it's like a fascinating fascinating subject and i did this slide uh, in my um entrepreneurship and bdsm talk where i actually put on one slide i put my personal weakness like stuff that i you know um and dealing with and that's kind of difficult for me and then on another slide i put like my company's weakness so stuff that my where my company is like not as good developed um as i'd like it to be and it just really like slotted in it was like incredible to kind of see it out in writing so it's it's funny very interesting subject things, i think until you put things down on paper you don't recognize you kind yeah. of have to see it to believe it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I really love this idea of, of shining a conscious light on, on the things that are dark within us or fears mm -hmm. or weaknesses. I've sort of done a similar exercise in the love project at the beginning when I realized that partly why things weren't working out for me was potentially already in me and I had to sort of yeah. accept the thoughts I didn't want to say out loud mm, <laughs> about who I was, yeah. about my fears, why was I, what was I afraid of. I used to like wake up in the middle of the night and I had this recurrent fear that would wake me up that I would end up, um, that I would die alone. <laughs> so mm. it was just something I couldn't control. But when I wrote mm -hmm. it down, it sort of kind of dissipated, you know, it stopped bothering me. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think it's like incredible, like how you look at relationships and, you know, relating patterns and how uh, when a kind of relationship you would love to happen isn't happening, like mm. what can you improve in yourself or like what is it in you that isn't currently, you know, attracting that right partner yeah, and absolutely. kind of look at it from a, a perspective because that gives you power. It gives you, okay, there are actually things I can work on or change within myself yeah. that will put me in a place where I will, um, you know, attract the kind of people that are on my wavelength. Yeah, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Yeah. And also what I've realized is the fear itself, you know, when you're afraid of being hurt, you're afraid of not being loved. You're afraid of, you know, yeah. like I was of, of ending up alone. Um, if fear puts, puts out this vibration that yeah. you know, scares people off. <laughs> at this yeah, level yeah. so um any sort of thing you can write down or or shine a light or become conscious of it sort of um it changes the vibration into a more positive one so absolutely and at the same time you know one thing i wanted to to say out loud is that you never actually ready for a perfect relationship just like you're never ready to start I a perfect business agree more yeah and you just jump into it and you learn on the way you know <laughs> segues into my next question because we're both in a similar situation you're in business with your partner i'm in business with mine i mean your yeah. business is way bigger than mine but you know it's still a business venture of sorts there's still stress mm, yeah, there's still decisions to make there's still absolutely. money to spend. <laughs> absolutely um, so um 
how how is it working for you and um you know talking about what you just said that even when you do meet someone it doesn't mean that the work you do it on you do on yourself is over <laughs> absolutely it only begins and you know the thing is when daniel and i got into business together like most of our friends were terrified they were like three months down the line you guys are going to fall apart as a couple and we'll have to decide whether to be friends with you or with him. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's a reality we live in, isn't it? We just so afraid. And actually this Absolutely. reminds me of a chapter in which you talk about you and Daniel worried about letting one of your potential clients know that you were together for, for the same reason and it actually yeah. backfired. <laughs> It's an incredible opportunity because it's like a crash course, a little bit like parenthood. You know, when you get into business together, you learn about each other's shadows and dynamics mm. so much more quickly. And we were just thinking, you know, we're going to do this. Things are lining up. You know, I really want to start a business. Daniel was at the time coming out of, out of his second startup, which was unsuccessful because they ran out of money, like, like many different startups, even though it was a very interesting idea. And we and he was kind of ready to or sort of ready to step into something new. And we felt, OK. This will make it or break it for us, but in the same way, you know, um, if we it will just speed up that process of us really getting to know each other and mm -hmm. figuring out whether we're actually, you know, this is something that, you know, whether it's, it's for life or, or it's not. So we're like, OK, let's do this. And it took us an incredible journey because there were mm -hmm. some amazing aspects of being in business together so the support i received from him that i think i wouldn't um have if we were just business partners mm. um as opposed to life partners was unparalleled i mean um, i was in absolute awe like how supportive he was able to be during like um different times when i was for example struggling with mental health stuff which is another mm. thing i talk very openly about you do um and um just you know we had a similar vision we wanted similar things out of life so it was beautiful to be in that work together obviously similar values and we sort of translated our relationship values such as honesty and transparency into our company like we brought it into the company culture so there's many beautiful things and mm -hmm. there were many very challenging things so you know things that you will be very familiar with around um your business like creeping into all parts of your life so i remember us lying in bed one night and daniel was like <laughs> let's talk about taxes in switzerland because maybe we could move to switzerland and i was like oh. sexy <laughs> so like like it's become like this joke that carried like that, that that's with us you know throughout the, the years now because it's been 13 years of us being together like oh shall we just like taxes in switzerland yeah like so it's like that's like become a metaphor for when business like gets too far into our kind of private yeah. life as a couple so that all <laughs> happened and you know also there were things such as you know because we are obviously really in love with each other mm -hmm. um it was sometimes difficult to set boundaries to say you know what like this is not a very kind of business-like behavior i expect this from you i expect that from you and uh, things that are kind of easier to formalize I think in a business partnership, which doesn't involve love, we're not always that easy to, mm. to deal with. Um, and it had a huge impact, you know, because we were so, so much of our like life energy um, as, and togetherness as a couple was focused around being in business together. It kind of consumed more or less everything. So there was not enough time to kind of grow together in our intimacy in kind of exploring other areas of life as a couple other than just other than you know that the personal power as entrepreneurs 
so now that we've stepped away from ground tree um because it now we've put in a ceo and the company is doing quite well which is really lovely and we really are place kind of, to find yourself in yeah yeah i do feel really blessed actually so we're free to pursue other projects uh both daniel and i like want to work separately want to work on different things and that's we're finding that really freeing and refreshing because you know we come together and we we, we talk to each other oh you know this is what's happening in my project and we kind of sometimes seek like reflections or advice and it like really mm. you know is a really beautiful way after like i think 11 or so years of working together mm. to actually be in different pursuits professionally um so Absolutely. so yeah like i'm definitely for working together uh, with your life partner if it feels right but there are also consequences just as you know with anything else in life really mm. it's but it's funny how it seeps into your life and it's but it, not in a bad way you know anything you, you have you, you, mm -hmm. you share everything with your partner which is yeah amazing um and when you make that mm -hmm. work and as you said i think it was very interesting what you said being in business with your partner only accelerates what would have happened anyway so it's either going to get stronger or it's going to pull you apart so there is no yeah need exactly. to fear <laughs> exactly and like you're going to sooner or later you're going to discover these things about each other anyway yeah. Yeah. so our approach is like we might as well do a crash course in life together and yeah. see you know whether we like it or not and it Absolutely. also felt like because like similarly to you guys like we had like compatible strengths i think so i was um, yeah. good at different things than he was and it just felt like okay we we can do this let's run with it although you know when we're starting it in 2010 we had no idea how it would evolve and like what what journey we would be on together in terms of like experimentation with different company culture models etc we just wanted to make something that would actually work and be successful enough to you know get daniel at that point out out of debt and i was like yeah completely skinned as well so it just really was like at first like a survival exercise mm. and then it really grew from there and started being you know making waves really uh survival does tend to be quite the motivator and yeah. it's, it's hard to be in love on an empty stomach so you know <laughs> you kind of had to move forward yeah yeah <laughs> look at, yeah look yeah, at you yeah. now look what you've achieved it's incredible um yeah thank you and and i'm just in, in awe of of how you managed so many different things um like when you were running your business full-time and doing the burlesque like i probably would have crashed after a week and ended up on a drip in hospital how did you manage <laughs> to do all that <laughs> yeah well it wasn't i won't lie to you it was tough at the beginning because you know starting a business in financial services mm. with like no experience like not next because it's not like i had absolute experience but like no testimonials no existing clients no established brands you almost yeah. have to like really coerce people like really Starting convince them into like we're working with you and you know uh that, that you're worth it and that you will yeah. deliver yeah and getting those first clients was oh my god difficult as fuck i won't lie mm. but it it you know it started getting easier at some point you know people started mm. hearing about us getting in touch with us mm. and it kind of snowballed you know then we employed right. our first person then the second and it kind of like rolled on from there so there is a kind of breaking point in business or in effort of any kind i think where yeah, you I just agree. feel like okay it's starting to take on its own momentum and it's a beautiful moment yeah it's planting those seeds and keep watering them and when they start growing they just you kind of have you kind of step back and it's all happening without 
you almost. Um, but yeah, those those initial months, I can imagine. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And are you still doing burlesque? I think everybody wants to know that because I'm sure Absolutely. everyone That's a good would question, like to come dear. and see you. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a very good question, my dear. So um yes um i actually stopped for a while because i was working in a book and it kind of felt like it Mm. took you know like it's like it's kind of i completed the cycle in a way it's like i kind of like did a lot of performing and it just felt like maybe it's a time to pursue a different hobby so it kind of fizzled away and then most recently because i did my book launch um at the end of last year in a strip club as you do (laughs) i felt you know i actually brought in some friends to perform at that book launch both burlesquers and pole dancers and i was watching them and i was like fuck do I miss this like this is like oh my god this was so beautiful and uh my husband um gave me the most beautiful Christmas gift which was a place at a burlesque course with the cheek of it so I was like okay now I have to do it because I was like hesitating I was like I don't really want to like do I have the confidence to do this again and it, again, it was incredible. That is so I started up right there. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. So I started because he kind of had me mention it in passing, and then he got in touch with Zoe, the founder of the Chick of It, and he got me a place without me knowing it. And then when I actually unwrapped this Christmas present, I was like crying almost. I was like, "Oh my god, this is just the best thing you could have done." So I completed my um, most recent course in April with a group of girls. Uh, we did a performance um, in South London together. And following that, we formed our own burlesque troupe, which is no magical. Way. So we decided to start to continue performing together. We are called Blooming Burlesque. Um, that's and the we- most amazing news. Yeah, blooming it's just burlesque. a sisterhood in, in action. Blooming Burlesque without the G, it's just Blooming okay. Burlesque. And okay. uh, we are on, on Instagram. And we have our first Got show on the... You. Please do, please do. And we have our first show on the 30th of this month, July, in at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern in London, which is an amazing kind of drag and burlesque venue. So I'm really, oh, really looking well. forward to this. And if you're listening and you're in the UK or you will be in London, during that time oh my god we'd love to have you where can they buy tickets yes so the best thing would be to follow me it's at pauline tenner on any social media instagram twitter yeah. uh facebook linkedin and uh, i i'm posting about it um and also you can go to at blooming burlesque uh instagram mm-hmm. or you can sign up for my newsletter paulina slash list and that will, you know, I will, I'm, I'm just sending regular updates. I know that they, there are online courses and classes for hiring experienced burlesquers. Mm. I'm not sure if the cheek of it do it, actually. I know they did do it during the pandemic, but I've got a really lovely friend called Sapphira. Mm. Again, get in touch with me if you'd like her contact details, who runs courses. Mm. And I may start doing something in this space. So I'm going to be doing my first burlesque workshop for startup founders at the ball um, in the UK in September, which is like super exciting and super edgy for me because to get a bunch of like, usually let's face it, guys and get them to dance and, you know, play with uh, feather boas and tease each other. That's going to be a challenge and it's going to be bloody fascinating. So I can't wait to see how that unfolds. Oh, that's amazing. Where if you ever want to bring your 
burlesque to France, let me know. I would be very much up for I it. I would love to, my dear. If you're aware <laughs> of any clubs or venues that are doing Paris that kind of thing, well I would love to talk to burlesque scene, so maybe we uh -huh. can think about that. Yes, no shit. <laughs> Paris, of course. Yeah. Okay, well, super. Thank you so much for for your time, for all your insights today. Absolute pleasure, my um, dear. Again, for our listeners, I know there's a lot of information here, but we will put it in the show notes and uh, you probably find everything you want to know on uh, paulinatenner.com. You'll find everything about book, all the talks and all the various other things we talked about. So please, please, please check out her book. You will not regret it. And thank you so much again for your time, Paulina. I'm very much looking forward to our next chat. Can't wait, my dear. And I'll come see you in France at some point. I promise you that. You must. <laughs> thank you.